Cutting Out Early, the podcast. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I'm in a glass case of emotion! With Max, Zach, and Alex. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! Well, we're waiting. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Cutting Out Early Podcast. Yes, sir. Number 21. Taking you guys through December. It is December 22nd, 2020. Maybe the last show of 2020. We'll get one more in. You think so? Probably next Absol- week. Absolutely. We'll be around. Absolutely. Things are slowing down, but um, we're. it's our pre-Christmas show. Last show before Christmas, for sure, but... Really appreciate everyone tuning in. Thank you, everybody. The Cutting Out Early Podcast. How's everyone doing out there today? Alex, you there? <laughs> I'm here. Zooming in. Zooming in. Yeah, we got Alex Newth. We have Zach Montgomery. We have uh, yours truly, Max Major. And um, man, we we uh, we took last week off with a uh, priority of work and finals that pretty much had to be done so it is what it is but here we are back at it the first i guess last show before christmas we'll throw in a little christmas spin today i'd like to do a little uh maybe maybe top christmas movies discussion later on with you guys i know those can get heated i mean they really can get i mean there's some strong opinions out there for those movies um but i would like to talk about those uh with you guys see what you guys think about um a lot of a lot of sports stuff to get into today i know we're i mean we're not not really a sports podcast, but there's a lot to cover, actually. That should just be the name of our podcast. <laughs> We're not a sports podcast. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, we try to cover the whole gamut. But got, sometimes there's tough to avoid sports, especially when there's some big stories, which there are. We got some vaccine stuff, some stimulus check stuff, so it's a little a little uh, varied there. Well, that's the big news. I think since we've been on. I, I think it's since when we've been on. The, the vaccine's been approved. And at this point now, both have been approved, the uh, Pfizer and Moderna. Um, I guess finally. Are there more coming, Zach? That I am not sure about. I do know the, the resident super- doctor. <laughs> yeah, please enlighten us I, on the all the details. No, you see, I I might be the worst one to consult on this because I've been under a rock for the past two months. So, <laughs> I, the only reason I know that he's got approved and they're rolling out is because they're actually sending emails out to the uh, Henry Ford uh, employees. <laughs> That's the way you to figure guys it out. Get them. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, people at Henry Ford are getting them now, which was which would be cool wow but i don't have to say anything i'm a doctor too <laughs> med students were not included on the first line thing believe it or not what, <laughs> what are you you're talking? a lucky one can't trust what's in that stuff no i think they're doing nurses and actually people who clean like the rooms up afterwards because okay. they're in Good the good. they're that's they're probably the, the right order <laughs> yeah because they're well yeah they're the people that are in the room the most so they went with the people that have the most exposure oh. first and then they're, they'll work their way down i but, think doctors are like third i don't even know if med students are on it so med we'll students see. screw it you'll get it with everyone else no cuts well yeah. it's it's coming out um I, I mean i don't know i know i know that the um <laughs> at least the thing i took away was 
in in Portage, Michigan, which that's where like the majority of the Pfizer vaccine is is being produced and, and shipped out in, in Portage, which is which is pretty cool. I mean, the, the hometown vaccine, I guess. You got, I mean, if you're picking between Pfizer and Moderna, you got to go with the hometown favorite. <laughs> I, I still thought the funniest part of the story was how, I mean, the big news, the Pfizer vaccine is being shipped out at record numbers from the, the Portage plant, and it's finally approved today, so it's shipping out, followed by dozens of people on the street corner waving to the trucks, <laughs> leaving the plant. I, I guess that's something that people do in, in Portage. What do we want to do today? Well, the Pfizer vaccine was approved. Let's go wave at them. Waving. Send them off. Do we'll they do that normally? We'll like, see oh, I heard they're sending off a shipment of flu shots. Today. <laughs> <laughs> can we, can, we, should, we should get in cold, a hold with uh, people in uh, Portage to see if this is a normal practice of waving at trucks leaving the Pfizer plant. Maybe that's something. Hey, you're right, Alex. It could be something that's just done every few months when a big shipment leaves. Are they the normal, I, uh, are they the normal trucks? Because the Pfizer ones are like those, it's the super cold vaccine yeah. that has to be kept at like negative 70 or something. Is it like... They look like so normal trucks. I actually do have something to say about that because I watched the, uh, the the news cast or whatever of them, of the first trucks leaving the plant. And it was one FedEx truck and one UPS truck because they had to get, you know, <laughs> even distribution. But it was like, you know, a special <laughs> FedEx critical care truck that they ship, you know, like hearts in. Oh... Got to take do all they the do organs in that. <laughs> I always thought the organs were shipped in like the 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 like the fighter pilots where the doctor like gets in the helicopter and he like flies across the state and he grabs the heart and then he flies back. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they just put him in a little playmate cooler in the front seat of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining him like reaching in for his turkey sandwich and like, oh shit, I got the back seat. Instead. I better put it back. <laughs> just in the same cooler oh jeez who, who, who's got the vaccine yet I, I, I mean anybody anybody nobody, you know? I know no my mom said she was handing them out today she's a she's a nurse at Beaumont That's she said cool. she was giving them out today yeah Good that is her. pretty cool actually and she hasn't gotten one yet no I guess not you can give them out but you cannot get one yourself <laughs> she just like sneak one into her arm <laughs> real quick <laughs> yeah just try to sneak I mean I, I, there's gotta be people I wonder if anyone's asked her like hey you think you can uh Take a few of those vaccines, maybe take them home, <laughs> get them to me, my family. A little extra. Some black market vaccines coming your way. Mm, can you imagine the dollar amount on the black market for those vaccines? <laughs> but they're already on the black market. They gotta be somewhere. There's, there's probably somebody out there doing that, unfortunately. <laughs> I know my dad said he got an email saying he's eligible. He just needs to schedule it or something. These are the top vaccines we got here. What are you <laughs> hundred you know piece? Oh man, you're breaking my balls, man. <laughs> How about one and a quarter? I'll call you back. <laughs> Break my balls, man! You're breaking my balls. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they so. got well. Who who who's getting them first? The, the, I mean, obviously the frontline workers and um, you know all the people that really I guess should be taking them first. Like like you said, that's kind of the. I guess they're doing a good job prioritizing the important people. Um, and the staff and the Stanford uh, CEOs, they're also getting their first dip. Oh, which of is course. really important. Of really course. important. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. how that could was they a bad story. How <laughs> could they not? <laughs> What a joke. I didn't read the story, but I mean, is there any more to that? They, I mean, why did they give a reason? Or did yeah, they so Stanford it? had some algorithm to figure out who was going to get the first vaccines, I guess. And it was just some ridiculously low percentage um, of people who are actually in the hospital day to day. And it was like a very high percentage of administrators just working from home that ended up 
getting top priority. I guess <laughs> the uh, algorithm prioritized seniority it, or something like that. It sounds like they, they overthought it. Was it was just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. And then, and then they the said algorithm. something like, well, the, the algorithm spit it out, so don't don't get mad at us. <laughs> Sorry, well, it sounds like Facebook when they leave like a bad video on and they they like have to like backtrack like um you left this video of somebody being murdered on Facebook it's like well the algorithm didn't catch it it's not our fault this is not human error this is the algorithm they, they they're getting like as they're getting the vaccine they're just like well it was the algorithm there I guess you have no choice you gotta, just go ahead you got the needle right there just shoot it up one of the CEOs like slipped the programmer like an extra like five hundred bucks and was like here make sure we get a little priority to the guys up top. <laughs> Hey man, it's a really, really important. I'm, I've got a big trip coming up to next week. I'm going skiing up in Denver. <laughs> you know, I am the CEO after all. You look at the algorithm right there. So you know, I just I get this vaccine. You know, I should be you know, good. Yeah, yeah no, problem. no problem. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and uh, and uh, get get one for you too. <laughs> get yourself something. Nice. <laughs> well, when, when are uh, when are normal people like us supposed to be able to get our hands on it and, and take it? What is there? Twenty thirty five. <laughs> i don't know i wouldn't be surprised after it's gonna be a while although my i was talking to my dad about it and i don't know what kind of information he has exactly but you know he's he's a doctor for those who don't know him he, just for context for context and so i don't know what information he's working off of but he seems to think that it should be pretty prevalent by the springtime that anybody who wants one should be able to get one by then so i hope he's right that's what I heard. I heard March, and I feel like that's a that's a sooner date than what they initially said. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Well, they, it sounds like they have to. Or they're hoping that seventy percent of the population gets inoculated to stop the spread by so, by a certain date. No, they didn't give a date, so they just just said overall. They're, yeah, they're hoping that seventy percent. So sweet mother of God, that's what is the hold up? <laughs> <laughs> Well, along with that, the uh, the good news for the vaccine, we also have incredible news. Uh, the politicians managed, after months and months and months of back and forth and bickering and eh, no, not this, but this, not this, this, we finally have a uh, stimulus package uh, passed before Christmas. So thank God to our fabulous politicians for getting this done ex- I mean, extremely fast. I mean, lightning speed. Here we are. And, uh, yeah, we should all be very, very proud. <laughs> I can't say that with obviously, obviously I, Max has some strong takes I, on well, this <laughs> I just there's, I mean there's one thing about politicians when they take credit for something that should have been done long ago and for something that's not even that perfect and there's a lot of problems with it I mean they bickered they closed businesses they ruined people's livelihoods which may be necessary may not be necessary to slow the spread Whatever it may be, whatever. That's not the discussion. The discussion is, if you're going to do this, then at least have something ready to go to help these people not go completely broke, not go completely bankrupt and lose their business and lose their career and profession. But, we can't agree a few more months, you know, just a few more months, and then, okay, here we are on December, well, whenever it was done, I think the 18th. When it was finally finalized, and oh, they're taking credit for all this hard work they did. No, shut up. No, 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 no. You had months to do this, and you did nothing. You bickered for months, and here we are in December. So it's just so, so annoying when I see this. 
And it's not even that good of a package. Alex, oh, you were telling thing. me about all the, the, the things they kind of threw in there that are just like, what what, what is this? What, what? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, they, they snuck so much garbage in there, like backdoor money for all kinds of different bullshit. That, I mean, I can't even cover all of it. And I, I mean, you have to read through the analysis to really see how bad it is. But it's like, I mean, it's what, like $900 billion? Yeah, it's a lot. And, and somehow... I mean, I don't know how much is going directly to people, but it's like six hundred dollars, right? Yeah. yeah. If you make less than seventy five thousand as a single person. Yeah. It's right. crazy. It's, it's like- I mean, the the most infuriating part is it's like they tried to argue over like the bare minimum that they could help people out with. And we're the wealthiest country in the world and we're trying to figure out the very bare minimum that we can that we can, you know, shell out of our pocket change for people (laughs) that was what i was thinking about is like it it, if you think about it so i was like how long have we been in like lockdown how how long would people be like Like nine months almost yeah 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 since march how and and how much did people get for the first one it was like 1200 it was was 1200 under seventy-five thousand. yeah so you you're you're gonna get 1800 for nine months of lockdown like that's nothing. There's I mean, no way you can do that. I don't. It's it's impossible. A lot of it. There's still a lot of the business loans and the and the PPP loans that are included in there, which which helped. I mean, the the, the first. I, I will say that the first entire package, it, it seemed to help. It didn't last forever, and they probably should have gotten on the second one a little sooner. But it did help, and and now this one is just so delayed and so so much more uh i guess restricted or reduced and at a much much later time and it's just kind of at this point just so lackluster and, and yeah it's like too little too late for a lot yeah. of people exactly exactly so anyway that's uh that's the that's the fun of the uh the politicians right now that's i just don't doing. see i don't see the harm in like overdoing it a little bit like i get you can't just like be throwing money at people for sure. no reason but I, I I believe me. I don't know. And and to wait this long to have it this minimal, like at least come out with like a huge surprise, like and congratulations, the six hundred dollar a month or six hundred dollar uh, payment has turned into six thousand dollars. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's unrealistic, but it's just. What is this? The Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can guess the last number in the price of the car. You'll get an extra six hundred dollars in your stimulus package. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is all the tweets i've seen of like i don't know like some broken potato chips on the ground be like oh stimulus check just came in <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 pretty accurate but oh man i i, ex- I mean, there's no what better way to describe it other than too little too late it that really does sum it up alex so anyway that's out there so that was also the big news um I mean, we could get into this Michigan State stuff. Um, you guys know more than me, but I know that I, there's a lot of football stuff. Before we start really quick, I, I, I'm, I'm not in a good spot right now. It's been a rough 24 hours for me. It, it started off last night. I'm going to pull this up because I, I've never been more embarrassed in my life. I mean, maybe, but this was up there. Wait, what happened? I didn't hear this. The fantasy football. Oh, the fantasy about? football. I yes. was so embarrassed. I okay, so I had a situation where I was in the championship game. I know, I know, and I was uh, I was very close to winning. I was within three points. All I needed was um, was Smith Schuster Juju to to put up more than like like five fantasy points or like six fantasy points. Uh, 
Tyler, oh, and you had Eric Ebron. You had two players. No, no I had no, Tyler no, Boyd, no, Alex. I had Tyler Boyd. Oh, yeah. Tyler Boyd. I had Tyler. Who, who left with a concussion five minutes into the first quarter. So yeah, he's sorry, gone. Tyler Boyd. So he's gone, which, okay. Oh, God, what a oh, disaster. God, what a, and, you know, on my bench, um, who was it? Tony... Uh, Tony Pollard or whatever Pollard, yeah, Pollard yeah, yeah. who had um, however many like thirty plus fantasy points uh, yesterday on, on on Sunday and and I forgot Zeke was out so I didn't start him he was on the bench thirty one point two points I would have replaced him with anybody in my lineup anybody I would have won <laughs> handily but you gotta no, pay attention when it's championship week man I thought I I thought I I thought I was ready Ju- I, what happened to Juju I thought I was ready. It's not Juju. what happened to Juju. It's what happened to the Colts, who are com- the worst eleven and two. Were they eleven and two the last P- night? Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The Steelers. I'm sorry. The, the worst. <laughs> no wonder you lost. Where is it? The worst team that has zero offense and can't get the ball and just completely turns it over, it's either three and out or they turn it over. It was, hey, a, it was an embarrassment. Hey, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are a respectable defense. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> so Juju gets hardly any points. He starts off by fumbling the ball. He got smacked, too. I, it, oh, that wasn't that was a fumble. So... I thought that was an incomplete pass, but he got... I thought so, too. I thought got, that was a catch. He got... You thought it wasn't a catch? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was an incomplete pass. Yeah, You're right. right yeah. yeah, absolutely. But yes. I, he got blown up. Like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> Which he deserved. Yeah, he is getting kind of silly, dancing on the logos and stuff. You know, he makes so much money on, like, uh, Snapchat and, like, TikTok and stuff. He's huge Get on better that. Better on the field, then. He's huge. He's uh, He was also into, like, Fortnite for a while. He was playing with um, Ninja and everybody. Yeah, boy. He probably makes a shit ton of money off that. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to see his priorities are straight. <laughs> he got blown up. It's just so frustrating. He never so, recovered, though? He wasn't injured? He just didn't get any points after no, that? No, he got, like, one more reception, and um, and that was it. And he, he finished the game with, like, 2.5 fantasy points. I lose by three points nice. in the championship game Very nice. when I had it in the bag. In the bag. And it was just, oh, my God. It was I was so frustrated. So there goes that. <laughs> A, a great, a great way to uh, to end the season. Just being think, embarrassed. I think one of the worst parts is that our league has now been won. So our league is mainly just our friend group, except yeah. then we have one of our friends' younger brothers who joined the league as an extra person, and he's now won it three years in a row. <laughs> so it's not even anybody from our friend group that has won it. Three years in a row, he wins. It actually, it's unbelievable. Are you doing okay? He's, in my opinion, his team is not very good. He just got really lucky at the end there, I think. Like, it was, like, it was unbelievable. Especially with you, Max. There's no way you should have lost, and then somehow you couldn't pull five points out. Like, it's it, this kid has unbelievable luck. <laughs> Two guys playing in the Monday night game. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Bye-bye. I could go back and look, but I'm, like, I'm 99% sure that every time I've played him over the last three years... Like in the regular season, I've lost by like one or two points on like some some BS stuff. It's like every time I play him, I just barely lose. It's unbelievable. I I, I don't know, man. I was just so frustrating. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to deal with it. I'm trying to deal with it. I just hey, want, you my, still I want you, my name on the trophy. You still get your money back, right? Do I? The second place? You get thing? actually you get a little over for second place. Yeah, I which know. is nice. I, I would have liked to get the the big payout, but uh, yeah, I I, I blew it. We're, I blew it. We're funding uh, his brothers. His brothers at uh, I think he's at MSU. We're funding his beer fund. 
How do you feel about that? Oh, boy. <laughs> Three years now. <laughs> is what a joke. Telling all of his friends, like, what fantasy again? <laughs> Huge party. Time to get the natties. <laughs> natties. <sighs> the Keystone. So frustrating, yeah. <laughs> all, all, these, all these losers. <laughs> <laughs> Every year I walk in, I don't know what happens. I just take their money and walk out. <laughs> Well, what's going on with um? What, Wait, but don't you want to tell the rest of your story? You've had a oh, well, not today. I got rear-ended. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you got rear-ended last night too. <laughs> <laughs> careful, careful, asshole, careful, asshole, asshole. <laughs> I got rear-ended today, and, and I don't know. It, it was minor, but I, if anyone knows me. I have weird obsessions with cars. I I want them to be perfect. I'm a car guy. That's just how I am. Whatever. No, you're just anal. Fair, th- maybe so. Speaking that's of getting rear-ended. Hilarious. <laughs> wow. Nice, dude. That was that was sick. Give this man an Emmy. <laughs> that was really nice, Alex. I get rear-ended and, you know, take care of everything. And, um, you know, I, I, I try to get it fixed up a little bit. It, it, it's minor. It's probably not going to need to be replaced or anything or any type of body part be replaced. Just really good polish, a really good polish to try to get the scratches out. But, you know, that caps off a 24-hour period. And then, and then you know, I, I, I had a great trip over the weekend. Um, it was very fun. And, you know, the trip ended, which it's the worst part of a trip, when it ends, which which sucks. That's what started <laughs> everything. And then it leads to a disastrous night in fantasy football. The next day, Maybe it the leads into being rear-ended. Awful. <laughs> I got shit everywhere. I shit all over myself. Well... Who knows? That'll probably be later. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Just the way everything's been going. I mean, that's that's been my time here, so I'm tr- I'm trying to manage. Th- thankfully, I'm, I I am okay. Thank you for asking. I am okay. Well, I, I asked you earlier. It's I know. Okay. I know. That was the first thing I asked. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, just, just and obviously you're here, so that's okay. <laughs> and you already have so much brain damage that we could probably just put you on the mic anyway, and you'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> just just wait till we get to the bachelorette segment it'll really come out yeah, there's not much to talk about well i don't know i mean it's the finale tonight tyler boyd isn't the only one who should be on concussion protocol <laughs> it's all anyway. coming full circle anyway what what's going on with michigan state though i i, I know i i do want to get into what happened at u of m today as well um but you guys probably know about more of this than i do with the roster being turned over quite a Bit, but what what is exactly happening? Yeah, so uh, well, first of all, the signing day was what last Wednesday, big recruiting days for uh, Michigan and Michigan State. But um, so Mel Tucker's basically said from I don't know, probably like mid season on that there are going to be a lot of changes when uh, the season ends, and they're they're coming, they're coming. So uh, and it, people were saying they wouldn't be surprised if big names left, and it, that big names are leaving. So we have. Uh, Probably most notably are the two four stars that came in while Mark D'Antonio was here, I think, his last year. D'Antonio. D'Antonio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, Mike. It's Mike. Yeah, Mike D'Antonio. <laughs> uh, where Julian Barnett, a former four star, and uh, his last name's Dobbs. I think it's Deontay or Devontae Dobbs or something like that. But he's going, he's an old lineman and he's going to uh, Memphis. Both of them are actually going to both. Both former four stars and both going to Memphis. And actually what happened? Both, what happened? Well, I I, I think uh, Tucker basically said if you're not going to play by his rules or if you're not going to play as hard as he thinks you can play, then you might as well get out and you're not going to get any playing time. And I think I think Julian Barnett got like no playing time this year, and he was supposed to be like one of our studs. 
which is kind of shocking. And yeah. then uh, I, I would assume the same thing for Dobbs. What do they think that D'Antonio was like less strict? I thought D'Antonio was a very strict coach and very like you know down to business, get to business, get the performance, get the you know. It's performance. It's a performance sport. No, I think the difference is I think uh, D'Antonio was very loyal to his recruits, and he was also he was also like focused on developing the talent, which is great, you know, qualities to have in a coach. But uh, Tucker comes in, and the the roster is not what it used to be, and he doesn't have any loyalties to these you know lesser players essentially. So now he's he's the roster's turning over, and that's kind of what just the case. That's what's happening now. They did get some good uh, recruits, though. They got an Auburn transfer running back, which I, you know, running back is not the one thing I think they needed. But he was a good the the joiner guy was a uh, he's a solid uh, player out of Auburn, and then they most probably most notably they got a uh, Temple QB. Um, I think his name is shoot, I actually missed it. Russo, I think. Yeah, Russo, Russo, yeah. So it's be interesting. It's supposed to replace uh, Rocky Lombardi, who has oh, entered yeah. the transfer portal too. Oh, so, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel about that? I, it's fine. It, Rocky, it's fine. It's Rocky, fine. we had a great game with you when you played <laughs> against Michigan. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> but I, it's okay to see him go. <laughs> <laughs> the talent was not there. Well, this is a pretty big shakeup right now. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's more significant than most other years, I'd say. Yeah, well, definitely. But I, I think it's promising more than anything because I think it shows that Tucker's getting his guys in there that are going to work the way he wants them to. I mean, D'Antonio was loyal to his recruits, but he was loyal to a fault. Where if you had somebody coming in that was really outworking the top tier recruits, they weren't going to get the playing time they necessarily deserved. And I think Tucker's showing that he's all about about production, which is what we need. It's yeah. absolutely what we need, especially with just how how limited our talent really is on our roster. I mean, D'Antonio, we've been talking about his recruiting was falling off near the end, so it's going to take a lot to kind of replace that, but it also opens up a lot of spots for people like these transfers to come in and earn some playing time. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's big. It's, it's, it's becoming his team quickly, which is nice, mm-hmm. too. Because you always seeing that. yeah, you always have like the turnover time for you know uh, teams is always he's like oh you got to give them like four years or three years before it's actually his team and then you can actually judge him. But it'll be nice what, to see like his team put into place sooner rather than later. You know, yeah. And he had a pretty decent recruiting class, um, which is impressive. I mean, it was pretty competitive with the rest of the Big Ten up there in like the top thirty or so nationally, uh, which is just impressive given. The fact that he has done no recruiting during like in person, yeah, times it was better than D'Antonio's last class, so which is which is great, you know. <laughs> right, but I mean, recruiting now has become a multi-year process where you start targeting kids like mul- like several several years out, yeah, and try to bring them onto campus. So when you switch your when you switch what school you're at, you're gonna lose a lot of those contacts. That you could that you were potentially bringing into your other school, so for him to still be able to go out there and virtually recruit a pretty decent class, I think is pretty impressive. And he he flipped that uh, four star linebacker from USC. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's actually like one of the top twenty five recruits to ever come to state, like ever. So so does this give you a lot of confidence for next season? If you have a way too early prediction for <laughs> what it's going to be, I love not, these. Not specifically next season, but it, you know the future moving forward is yeah. looking brighter and brighter. You know, I got to I, I I really like Mel Tucker. I like the way he runs that program. 
I think yeah. he's going to be I, – I, I really, I really think he's going to be an extremely successful coach at this at the end of everything that he's done with, with Michigan State. I think he's going to go down as somebody who really helped the program a lot. Colorado, Colorado this year, the team he was at before, yeah. for people who don't know, yeah. was – they were competing for the um, Pac, the Pac-12 championship game. And those are his players. He's mm-hmm. not coaching there anymore, obviously. But those are his players that are now in. They're competing for the championship. So, you know, it, I it, he's going to bring in the talent. I think it's just it's going to be can he coach it and can we compete with Ohio State, you know, in Wisconsin or Penn State, you know, the the teams that we need to beat to, you know, play in the Big Ten championship. Well, the other real real big story. Uh, in terms of local college sports, Don Brown blown out from U of M. Um, is is this enough? I, I mean, wh- I don't understand. I mean, I get why it happened, but is, is it really going to do anything? Is it going to amount to anything? I, I, I'm not really sure how much this is going to change anything. or change. I, I think the culture is the biggest problem at U of M, and I think that's all because of Jim Harbaugh. I, I really do. I think the culture is pretty much poisonous. And until Jimmy Boy is gone, then I, I don't think much is changing. This is Michigan. Yeah, it's not going to change. That's just my I, I mean, thought. I think the culture has been poisonous between multiple head coaches, so I don't know what needs to change over there. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it has, but like, it, hasn't it gotten worse with Jim Harbaugh because it feels like you're trapped with him? I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, I get with Brady Hoke. It's like, okay, he's there for a few years. I, well, I think he's played. I stayed for four years, Brady Hoke, and then, and then, and then he was gone. But, but now with Jim, it almost seems like, well, this is just who U of M is now. And the longer he stays, the worse that culture, the worse that perception for the U of for for the Wolverines is going to become. It's it's going to just get worse with time. Yeah. And it's almost exponential the way it just just deteriorates the team. So, I, you know, sure the defense was a disaster. I I agree, but it's not the main issue. They, and it just seems like they're almost trying to find a way to like justify a change. Like, look what we've done. We fired Don Brown. We're gonna bring in a, a way better coach, a way better guy to to make this change happen, and and it'll all be okay. Well, I, I think there's a there's some bigger problems at U of M. That's the, that's the thing. I think Don Brown was the full guy to keep Jim Harbaugh at yeah. the end of the day. And that's, what's going to be is, um, yeah, Don Brown was the fall, fall guy to keep Jim Harbaugh. And it, it, you're right. It, the issues are going to stretch way beyond the defense. I don't think I, I, obviously there were issues with Don Brown's defense. You had Rocky Lombardi thrown for like 300 yards and two touchdowns on you. But I, the, he, I don't know. They're just trying to make it up so they're making the right story so that when, you know, Jim Harbaugh signs that contract, it's not as bad as it could have been, you know, because they're not going to fire him. He's their guy. I There's know. no way they can get rid of him. So now yeah, they're, they're setting it up. they'll sign that extension before the new year? Before the new year? No, not before the new year. I don't. They got to do it soon. I know they have to do it soon, but I think they'll wait till the new year. Their recruiting actually wasn't – it didn't fall too much. I think they were top 10 before – this season and now they're they're like 12 now so it's like they're not too bad but if you like keep them in limbo like that your recruiting is gonna suffer i mean what what if we aren't we just gonna have another repeat of the same old thing i mean what yeah, i mean seriously. probably ha- they should probably do it before the february signing date yeah they would have to do it before then yeah i, I, just, that's I just, why i'm saying do it now before the new year so that it can get kind of swept up in the college football talk the playoff talk i mean 
Yeah. Sure. Well, maybe. Who knows what they have up their sleeve? I just don't. I don't know. I I have zero expectations that anything next year is going to be different. I really think it's just going to be a repeat again and again. And until Jim leaves, it's just that's who Michigan is. And and that's the I mean the football team is defined by Jim Harbaugh and recruits. I don't think you're going to like that. I think they have such a bad image right now nationwide that they're just keeping Jim Harbaugh there just to keep him there because he's the Michigan man and he's the guy that was supposed to change everything and maybe he still can but it's not working and people realize that especially young athletes looking for a a college where to play football I mean they have to it has to be in consideration so I mean I mean that's the news but I mean other than that it's just um a matter of the, the college football playoffs. Yeah, I want to talk about the playoff. I, I want to talk about I want to changes hear. that are needed because people are talking, I think, I mean, every year it seems when we have this debate about who the fourth or who the third and fourth teams that should make the playoff should be, it seems like this debate comes up because there needs to be a change to the playoff. And I think, Zach, I mean, we're you were really pointing towards this, that the college football is just getting more and more and more top-heavy, and it's only going to continue to get that way as the playoff expands and especially with the way the committee, I mean, if there's ever going to be a year and I know we probably said this when UCF was 12 and 0 and or 13 and 0 and ended up beating Auburn in the sugar bowl that year. But I know we were probably saying the same thing that year that if there was ever a year to just give some other team a chance, it was going to be this year. Yeah, And I mean, your point was that your point was that, you know, Notre Dame probably should not be in because they lost their conference championship game. That conference championship game was almost like a de facto playing game for the playoff. As and they lost. Yeah. For, for those who don't know, it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Notre Dame who made the playoffs. And I agree, Alex. The Notre Dame loss is something I think should play a big role in determining that, yeah, they're not going to be in the playoffs. I think that's bullshit that they made it. I, I just can't believe it, especially getting blown out like that. Come on. And even uh, Ohio State, who hasn't played nearly as many games as other teams across the country and had, doesn't have any impressive wins, is in the playoff too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they I, were I really, at least they were the conference championship. But they, I really, really think that having a conference championship almost needs to be a requirement or prerequisite to get into the playoff. And yes, you're going to have years where a really good number two SEC team doesn't get into the playoff or a really good second ACC team like Notre Dame was this year doesn't get into the playoff or what have you. But I mean, if you can't win your conference, you shouldn't be in the playoff. You're not the best team in your conference. You should never put a losing team in a conference championship in the playoffs ever. I, I I don't care ever. That should be an automatic, you're done. That's it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the, the biggest game so far of the year, and they lose it, and you still make it in. I don't understand how, how they make especially with four teams only. I mean, how does that make sense at all? I, I, I will never get that. And it, that should be a codified rule. There needs to be more structure. There needs to be more criteria that is followed for the teams to make it into the playoffs. This, I, I hate the eye test. The I, eye test is so ridiculous. I hate the eye test. I think that's such a load of shit. The eye test is just the, when their eyes light up and they see the money <gasps> because they put Notre Dame in the playoff instead of <laughs> instead of Cincinnati. <laughs> the, the eye test is only relevant when you're basically seeding the playoffs, when you're comparing different conference championships or different conference champions. You know, If you're trying to say, 
should Alabama be number one or should Clemson be number one? Yeah. It's like, well, Alabama has looked better and they won the SEC. Therefore, they're you know going to be the number one seed and Clemson will be the number two. But it should not be used to determine whether a conference loser is better than another conference champion. Yeah. No, I agree. I I, I think that the, the Notre Dame had their shot to show that they were worthy enough to be in the playoffs. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even a close game. It was a blowout. So... It, there's no reason to include them because they're not as he's not as good as Clemson. So why would you even include him in the in the playoff? Because they're not one of the he's not one of the best teams. He's I, not the best I team. I don't get it. The four teams are supposed to decide who's the best, and Notre Dame is clearly not. Um, another thing that I kind of wanted to bring up about the playoffs is it's really really making the way the playoffs are now. It is making the college football super top heavy, and let. It, the same four teams every year are making it to the playoffs. It's Alabama, it's Clemson, almost automatic bids, Ohio State. I think there's an exception, like one year where Ohio State didn't make it. And then... Uh, MSU made it. Yeah, and then Notre Dame and... Uh, Notre Dame and uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Those are the only like five teams that are... Con- it's not even... They're consistently in the playoffs, dominating the seating. There's nobody else that really can say like... You know, we can do it. And so every year there's like maybe two, most likely one spot that's open for another team to make it in. And it's really ridiculous. And the reason is, is I just to put it in perspective, both Alabama and OSU have won five of their last seven national cha- or conference championships. And this is since the college football playoffs has been put in well, since 2014. In I used to be able to throw a pigskin quarter mile. <laughs> and then Oklahoma and Clemson have won six of their last seven conference oh championships. So the, to put that in perspective, the, the seven years before the college football was uh, playoff was put in, the only team that could really even come close to that kind of dominance in their conference was Oklahoma, who had four titles in the last seven years. The other There's, th- there's four teams, actually. Oregon, Virginia Tech, Wisconsin, and OSU, who each had three. So the the dominance, the level of dominance that is coming out of these four teams is unbelievable, and it's because they're making the college football playoff every year. It's because each year they make it, they have their pick at recruiting, they can get whoever they want, they get the best players, and they reload and they go again. And it's really undermining the the um, and it, it also feeds back into another thing is these these uh, schools get the best recruiting classes, then they get the top ranks at the beginning of the season. And they have the best shot at the playoff. It's like it's a never-ending cycle of just feeding into itself, and it yeah. really undermines what college football was about, and that any team can win on any given day. So, what's wrong with expanding it to twelve teams, and then having a situation where one of these big powerhouses might lose early on, and then they're not going to be in the final four? You know, they're not going to be in the championship, and it's going to introduce more teams into the entire system and just grow the entire sport to a wider array of teams, a wider array of recruiting, that it's not just so condensed into these few teams that are just going to do this every single year. Because you're right, this seems like a continuous cycle. And I, How does that change? I think I think Alex had the best. A, a 12-team playoff was something he was suggesting. But it, it, expansion is the only way to make this work. Like you cannot have only the same four teams in the top doing it every time. If you if you if you expand the playoff, you give more opportunity to other teams to be the best. And that right now it's only four that have the shot to be or like four to six teams that have the shot to be the best team. I don't know if Alex wants to explain his twelve team playoff. It's actually kind yeah. Of what was that? 
<laughs> we, well, people get a pen and a paper, by the way. <laughs> so, I mean, the 12-team playoff, I, I saw this proposal online. I can't claim that it was my own. It was a comment on Reddit. But, I mean, the way it was explained was that if you have this 12-team playoff where there's 10 automatic conference bids uh, for the conference champions, and, yes, that includes – the Mountain West and the MAC and the CUSA. Why not? Um, and the American. Yeah. Get them because, in there. You know, yeah. it's not their fault they're playing in a crummy division, right? Or a crummy conference. Right. So the argument is that, yes, initially you're going to have those teams in and they're going to get blown out every single year. I mean, that's just probably bound to happen. If you put Central in the playoff, they're going to lose 100 to nothing to Alabama, you know, this year. But the argument also then is that you're going to have recruits who have to make a decision. Do I want to go play for a middle of the pack, you know, Big Ten team, or do I want to go play for the MAC team that makes it to the playoff every year and have has a shot to at least, you know, get on a national stage like that? And it's gonna help even the playing field of recruiting and talent. And eventually you're going to have some MAC teams, some Mountain West teams that can make a run in the playoffs or at least win a game or two. I mean, I hate the argument that oh, we shouldn't put so-and-so like Cincinnati in the playoff because they're going to get blown out. It's bound to happen. Well, you don't know until you play the game. And as we know in college basketball, it's possible for a 16 seed to lose to beat a one seed. And it's not going to happen every year. And it might not even happen once every 50 or 60 or 70 years. But it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to make the sport more exciting because of it. I mean, college football is just getting more boring the more that the talent is getting uh, collected at the at these top schools, and people are losing interest in some of the middle schools. And it's kind of like, why even play the games? Expand it to, to make sure that the interest is broadened across multiple teams, multiple areas of the country, and multiple fan bases. I think but that's the, the structure, important. the actual structure of the twelve team playoff. It would end up being um, so ten auto bids for the conference champions, with uh, the top four uh, teams getting an automatic buy to the next round. And then there would be two at-large bids. So basically, you might still need to have a uh, a committee to seed the conference champions and to decide, you know, who deserves those first four uh, those first four buys. And that kind of creates interest, and it also helps make sure that the teams um, at the end of the season who maybe they've locked up their conference champion or championship are still going to be uh, competing at a high level to try and get one of those top four spots. So you have four teams getting uh, the uh, the automatic buy, and then you have eight other teams that play in the first round. So it does end up adding an extra game for uh, some teams, which I know Zach, you were saying might be an issue. Yeah, I, well, that was my one issue. Is like you could do a twelve team or a sixteen team playoff, mm-hmm. and I feel like you have to go that big because an, an eighteen playoff, you're still gonna get the same top, you know, six to you know eight teams that are always going to make it it's just how it's going to be so if you go to this 12 team playoff you're adding two more games that people have to play and the the these these athletes are already not getting paid so they're not and not only that not I for think, long well the, the ncaa is going to make a, a ton of money off these playoff games oh, because God. they're going to yeah. be huge everyone's going to want to watch them you know i'm sure that's what's happening now and these athletes are already not getting paid and people are going to be making money off that and they're going to be tough games like, you're going to be working, like, they're going to be really competitive, people are going to be playing, you know, their hardest, and people are going to get hurt. And you can't expect these athletes to go in there and do this kind of damage to their bodies and not expect to get paid for it. 
So that's one problem with it. But I, I agree with Alex that it needs to be a 12 team, you know, it, just to level the playing field and take some of these recruits away from Clemson and Alabama and all of them from stopping to be like the top teams in the country because it's just so annoying. Alex, I, I really like that format. I think that it's such a no-brainer to put those 10 teams in there that win the conference because it's it's the it's the zenith of everything they could work for that entire year. You know, I mean, even in the MAC, if there's an undefeated team, they win their conference championship. Why wouldn't they be included in this turn in this in this playoff format? I think that's only fair. And sure, it might be a blowout, but guess what? Everyone loves the underdog. Think about how exciting those games would be if they're like close at halftime, exactly. which they very well could be. These are kids. These are not professional athletes. Anything can happen. So you're never you're never gonna know. But it's a, a great way to reward certain teams who have reached the zenith of wherever they could be they're all division one i mean it's it's all the same cluster so why not throw that in there i think that's such a no-brainer yeah i think football is the only college sport and maybe gymnastics that doesn't have conference (laughs) champions getting auto bids to the playoffs (laughs) i mean think about it A, a team like i don't know colgate in the patriot league or bradley in whatever league they're in, they get a chance to go play in the NCAA tournament just like everybody else. And, I mean, who was it that beat uh, Virginia? UMBC or UC? Some dog, yeah. The, they're the Golden Retrievers. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they had a chance to go, and they, they made the most of it, right? Yeah. And, I, and, yeah. and to the people who say, oh, well, then you're going to give four spots to, you know, Mac, Mountain West, CUSA, and Sunbelt or something like that. People are going to be mad about that. The way the seeding works, you're going to have an 8 and 9. You're going to have a 7 versus uh, 10 matchup. Those teams are going to beat each other. It's not like you're going to have, you know, four teams, four top-tier teams that get to play, you know, a, you know, a cakewalk MAC team every year. I mean, they're going to they're going to beat each other and it's not going to uh it's not going to make it that easy for everybody else. Yeah. I, there definitely need to be changes, and I'm not sure exactly which format they will change it to. I don't even know if they're going to change it at all. I, it, it, this could be just they're very pointless, unlikely to, which really. is which is really unfortunate. And I I hope that they eventually recognize the problems in terms of fan interest and just powerhouses being created that this is causing and who knows when they will realize that or realize it enough to actually want to make a change. I, think I guess that's the big thing. It's got to be in ratings. It's got to yeah, be in ratings. Yeah, and the, I mean, I'm not going to like, there's no reason for me to really watch the college football playoff this year. Like maybe I'll watch the championship game, yeah. but like, I don't the same old story of the Clemson Alabama saga or the, the Clemson uh, OSU saga. It's just, it's so old and like, just nobody wants to see it anymore. Let's get some new. I would love to see it. Even if Cincinnati got blown out, I would love to see Cincinnati in there playing. I know what you mean. Same old story. (laughs) I mean, how exciting was the Big Ten Championship for the first half when Northwestern looked like they might be able to upset Ohio State? Exactly. Yeah. It's awesome. Even one half of it is worth it. I agree. Um, Did you guys watch the Lions on, uh, on Sunday at all? Uh, no. I caught bits of it, but not really. I saw that Derrick Henry had like 4,000 yards and <laughs> five touchdowns. And sent a man to Middle Earth. Yeah, I saw that. I saw, that was the best part of the game. Oh, my God. That poor guy got signed off the practice squad on like Friday or something like that. <laughs> 
Was it? Was it true? I was like, I I can't believe Matt Patricia brought in such a bad defense for that poor guy. If he's from yeah. the practice squad, I feel bad for him now. <laughs> yeah, he he gets his one game check of the year and gets you know he, I don't know probably he, five years taken off his life. <laughs> he earned it. He earned that check for sure. <laughs> oh jeez. Do the Lions have any choice other than to just draft all defense? I mean, they pretty much have to, except I guess a quarterback. I guess, I guess you have to get a quarterback if they first. Can get one. I would hope. I, th- I mean, this they is have the to try. Everyone is pushing the quarter. It, this is it. This really frustrates me. Everyone is pushing. We have to get a quarterback. We have to get a quarterback. We, but we really don't, do we? Like the, Stafford. Stafford is getting older, but he's also thirty three. Tom Brady's playing, and he's what 40, 42? Like he's got years. I'm just. I'm not. But saying- is he gonna want to play? It, Kelly's gonna j- jump in there. I mean, after that injury that he had two weeks ago, he played. La- he played two days ago. But I don't. I, I don't know. I don't think also, speculation. Also, Stafford has not been playing behind the quality of offensive line that Brady has for as many years. I mean, Stafford is banged up. I, I understand that, but I think there's gonna come a certain breaking point when anybody no, just can't take it anymore. Well, no, that happened I, to Kelvin Johnson. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that like we do not need if. We need to take the best player available. We are an awful team, and we need to take the best player available. If it's on defense, it's on defense. If it's a quarterback, then do it. But I don't want to take some like you know scrub and like the the at twenty or whenever we pick fifteen. Who knows? Because we need to too take late. a quarterback. We're drafting too late wherever when, we're picking. When we could have got like a defensive lineman that could actually rush the quarterback. I'm just saying, like, we people need to relax on the quarterback. We need it now. People need to pick the best player available. Do, do you think Belichick doesn't pick the best player available? Do you think these teams, they pick the, what the talent gives them? You know, But there are certain needs the Lions have to fulfill. and I Like think a de- defensive line. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think they should just focus incredibly pretty much all on defense this draft. I mean, they have no... They, how many points did they did they give up against uh uh on on, on Sunday? It's like, like forty five or something. I mean, what an embarrassment! They had uh, Tennessee. I I heard this stat. Tennessee had a drive where they didn't hit third down. It was like a <laughs> it was like a ninety something yard drive where they had didn't have a third down. Like you couldn't stop them for less than five yards of play. <laughs> oh no! It's like ridiculous. I just have zero faith in this defense. I mean, all season, I you know I. I kind of disagree, Zach, about the quarterback thing. I and like I said, I I don't have any proof, but I've definitely heard some rumors, some shakings in the media that Stafford's not going to be around for much longer, and there's going to have to be some type of change there. W- what else are they going to do? I didn't. I've heard those too. I don't know if it's that he's retiring or he just wants to go somewhere else. It doesn't. Well, either way, either one. Well, I, I, it's the same for us. But if he wants to go somewhere else, that, my thing is, is Kelly doesn't like living in a dictatorship. We know that. <laughs> if if he wants to go somewhere else, then you then you trade him and you draft a quarterback. But if you're gonna have Stafford next year, which it kind of looks like it is gonna happen, unless it doesn't, I mean, they should know if it's gonna happen or not. Then don't take a quarterback. You don't need him. You don't want a quarterback of the future to get I, him integrated into the system. What about somebody, that's somebody not, under Stafford that's that can kind I, of take him under his wing and, and mold him, maybe? I just, if he's talented enough to take at the position we're at, then we should take him. But I'm not okay, I'm not going to throw my pick at a quarterback no matter what if he's not that talented. I'm not going to take a Christian Ponder because I want you know a, a quarterback to back up Stafford. It's not worth it to me. I, for I, one, want Rocky Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> he, he 
changed his mind. He's coming out of the transfer portal, and he's going straight to the draft. <laughs> oh, I could see God. it. I could see it. No. No, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, what are the, I mean, now, first of all, the, the big news is um, Chris Spielman now oh, with the yeah. Lions. I think that's a really, really big deal. I, I really think that he's kind of the you know the 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 hometown guy. I mean he's an Ohio State guy, but but you know he was with the Lions. He's he's the guy. And good, so he actually knows something about football. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But the thing is, he's somebody who's lived through it as a Lion. He he knows what it's like, and you well, can say like not not many of them. Well, <laughs> lived and saw the other side. <laughs> it's, it's rare, but I mean, you, you can't. You can say like, "Oh, the forwards—they've been through it." That's different. The owners, but Chris Spielman, somebody who's knows what it's like and understands what it's like to be a lion and be a Lions fan and kind of what everyone's been through. And and I think him there as a resource to 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 Rodwood and to to it's um huge. yeah to it's uh huge. to the Ford. It's a Ford Ham Sheila Sheila. I think that's such a valuable asset, especially after saying that uh, they would not hire a search firm after they said they probably would. But nah, it's okay. We're gonna take care of it ourselves. There was like, oh, really? That, that you're gonna just let the the financial guy, the self-proclaimed I know nothing about football guy, take the reins and try to figure everything out? Um, I I think it's a big move, and I think it will be helpful. So I was I was very happy to see that. I don't have much faith in the rest of the year. <laughs> I think the Lions still are gonna suck, but. Maybe he could try to find some type of talent in a head coach and a GM and help make those decisions. I think that's extremely valuable. Did you see Jim Caldwell was interviewing for the Houston Texans? Yeah, he could break the uh, streak of uh, ex-Lions coaches uh, never getting a head coaching job anymore <laughs> ever, ever since like the 60s or the early 60s or something. He's a, I don't think he's a he's, – it wouldn't be a bad job for him. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's already had a shot, but maybe he'd actually have somebody who could draft him some players or something. I don't Dungeon know. Dungeon of Doom when I walk into that room. <laughs> <laughs> the complexity of this particular system is complex. So he's there. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens. And and really quick, kind of kind of rounding out everything, Red Wings in the NHL starting back up. They have a date, I think, January 13th, Alex. And, Are you uh, a hockey team? <laughs> some people forgot but january 13th let's go we got it back and, and the it, nba starts tonight oh yeah how are the pistons doing in preseason has anyone been paying uh, attention i don't know i i haven't no. watched any of it <laughs> I'm, I'm but i know it's been something like 250 days since the pistons have played a game oh my god <laughs> i i'm i get basketballs back i'm i'm pumped for hockey though it's gonna be fun i, I can't You're not gonna i mean i'm anyone. pumped for hockey too especially since we missed out on the bubble so we're extra deprived it's so true and and larkin is probably going to be named captain before the first game um there was the talk with eiserman i believe it was this morning where where he was indicating that yeah he wants to name a captain before the start of the season which they haven't had yet since zetterberg left in 2018 they've just been doing the um the the assistance for a few years but you know it it most likely will be larkin and we'll most likely be hearing that type of announcement in the next couple weeks um i guess now that abby's gone that opens up a uh spot you know we don't have to take away an a from anybody yeah I mean, it, give Larkin the C. it's the right move. I mean, I don't know what else you would do. Um, I I love a young captain. I, I love somebody who can stay with the organization and is passionate about it and, and will make his entire work helping that team, which is something that I see Larkin doing. Be, being, being a hometown guy, 
I mean, there's no question about it that he loves the Red Wings and wants to help the team succeed, and he's a great player. So I think that's that's a no-brainer. I thought it was going to happen last year, to be honest. It's going to be a whole new roster this year, right? Well, not a whole new roster, but they they uh, Iserman has a lot of turnover this year. It'll be really interesting. I'm still I I've got to catch up on all my hockey knowledge. It's, no, I it's know been it's, in the, it's been in the back burner for what since nine months. <laughs> yeah. Are they ever going to get a new coach? You think? You know I. I mean, ever? Yeah, but recent, like in the in the near future, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't Blaschel. think I don't think Blashel was the problem. I think Iserman has the resources he wants in place to to do what he wants, and I, I have so much faith in in his decision making. So I I don't see Blashel leaving or or getting fired Wasn't at all. One of the big things though that the the Lightning had at his last team is they had a really good coach, right? Wasn't it? He was young. He was kind of fiery, right? What was his name? I'm trying to remember. Ah, uh, shoot. That's true. Um, I mean, but they also that coach. I mean, I I don't know if Eiserman found him there, but he basically in the last ten, fifteen years, whatever, has worked his way up from coaching high school teams to coaching AHL teams, yeah, to coaching college teams to coaching an NHL team, all and has won championships at every single level. So, I don't know if that's a phenom of a coach or or what it is but i don't think it's something that can just be replicated that easily you're thinking of john cooper by the way yeah john cooper yes yeah Yeah. you know i i i think that blashill still has the potential to to be that coach um i think that a lot of pieces were not right around him i think the organization was led by somebody who was not quite as passionate about it as his his past father um so I think some changes kind of needed to be made, and um, well, I, I guess I'm talking about ownership. But as far as picking the right GM, I I think they did it, and I think Eiserman will be the guy to to make this team successful. And I'm very excited to see what's going to happen this year. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm not expecting a Stanley Cup this year, but playoff success in two years, yeah. Stanley Cup maybe within five years, yeah, I am. I think the Red Wings are going to be the. And this is, yeah, wow. This is a hot take, but I think the Red Wings <laughs> are the four hot take. of the four teams. Sizzle. I think the Red Wings are going to win the championship first, and I don't know how you could disagree with that. Make a case for another team. I don't think you can. I don't follow. I think just enough. because basketball, the NBA, turns over so often, so rapidly, and the Pistons just got a new, very promising GM who did some really, really great things at his last team. I think the Pistons are definitely in the running just because they have potential for very quick turnover and and you know a GM who also seems to know what he's doing. But between the Red Wings, Lions, and Tigers, yes, Red Wings for sure. Yeah, I I, I really think so, and I think it will be within the next five years. I am I'm hoping so. Um, From worst to first. I would love to see another Red Wings Stanley Cup championship. Man, they used to make man. the playoffs. Remember when they used to make the playoffs, and it used to be like every year. It's like, oh, the playoffs are on. The Red Wings are in. <laughs> they were there, baby. I know. Yeah, I remember Zetterberg like broke his back trying to get us in the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much did. Um, well, that's um, that's kind of going on there. I know. Really quick, I know the Bachelorette finale is tonight. Uh, it all comes down to this. Oh, Max is somewhere. Max is somewhere to be. Right, when Tasha makes her her uh, final decision, um, so Who's we'll see it what happens. It well, 
let me see. I'm I'm trying to remember the actual names, but the um, it, it's like a two part, a two part night. Cause last night they had um the uh, the fantasy suite night. And first of all, I think fantasy fantasy suite uh episodes are are really boring. Nothing really happens. Um, the only way they've made it more well, something ex- happens, all right. I know, but not on camera. First of all, <laughs> they should have a pa- they should have a pay per view bachelorette. Like like Chris Harrison oh comes God, on. Like, yes. If you want to see the rest, please join us for pay per view on HBO. Careful. <laughs> In Skinamax. No, the the point the point being is that <laughs> nothing bad happens. There's really no drama. There's no controversy. Mostly because, yeah, Tasha is having a great time with the three people who are left and um and, and that's that's what's going on. But um what's his name? Brendan. Brendan quit. Uh he said he wasn't really over his his previous relationship to give it his all. So so he's gone, but the other two are Ivan and Zach. Um, but Ben came back. Are you back. sure about that? I, I, I am sure. What do you mean? Oh, wait, no. Sorry. I think you were getting to it. Well, Ben came back post-elimination and uh, coming back and saying that he loves Tasha, And uh, I, th- I think that's where it was left. So that's uh, that was the tease. And uh, I know Chris Harrison is saying that things are going to get emotional. Very most emotional. Dramatic, most dramatic season of The Bachelor yet. Exactly. And Ben says that he's in love and wants another chance. So uh, I, I guess love? we'll see what... <laughs> they, end the, they end the episode last night with Tasha saying, What am I going to do about that? Points at Ben still inside the room. Just what? Like, what are we going to do about that? Yeah. Jeez, at least refer to him by his name. I mean, I just want to cry. I don't know what to do. There's a rose ceremony. What do I do with that? And that's where they cut it off. So tonight's the night. In the finale, somebody's maybe going to propose tonight. Um, between, I guess it's just going to be between Ben and Ivan and Zach. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, last night was kind of boring. Like I said, the, the only way they make it better is they put all three guys in the same room now. They used to, on Fantasy Suites, like... Every guy got their own space. They were just doing their own thing. They didn't really mingle with the other contestants. But Chris decided there needs to be a little more drama for Fantasy Suite Week. So instead, they put all the guys in the same room together, and they get to just stare at each other while the other guys with Taysha for the night. The other two are just waiting like, "Eh, it's going to be my turn tomorrow, and then I guess your turn the next day. Yep, things are going to be pretty awkward around here. <laughs> sitting around just oh like, my God. we know what's happening. Things are going to be awkward. And the, the entertainment. Next, the guy gets back is like, how was your night with Tasha? Yeah, pretty good. We really, uh, we made it a great, great night. A great night. And they're like sitting around twiddling their thumbs. Yep, sounds great. Sounds like a good time. And, and she's telling everyone that this she loves them. for anyone else. <laughs> she's telling them that, I mean, she loves everybody. I mean, I, I, Tasha is a great bachelorette, but wow, does she love attention. I mean, I, there's any bachelorette that loves attention, it's Tasha. It just loves it. And she, she loves the three guys that are left, um, including maybe them. Ben. Oh, wow. Maybe Ben. So that's going to be the uh, the big deal tonight. Are you, are, will you be watching, Alex? No. Oh, after all that? Shut down. <laughs> oh, jeez. Come on. You, you've got to you, check out the finale. You sound, he's he's you caught up. Yeah. Yeah, what, what's, what is the reason? There better be a good reason. You just caught me up. 
Well, tonight's the finale. I don't know what happens tonight. It's going on right now. Yeah. Can you watch it at like times two speed? <laughs> I think I said this in the beginning of the year. Without audio, you can on the DVR. See, that's worthless to me. I know. I know. I, you need to hear what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe you don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you, you do need closed captioning on a lot for the Bachelorette. <laughs> I, you know, what's weird. Have I become old that I kind of enjoy closed captioning? Yes. Really? Yes. That's I hate awful. closed captioning. Yeah, thank you, Alex. It's awful. I, I, I hate when it blocks do. the screen. And I also uh, hate when you read what they say before they even say it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's on the so outcast? Bad. Yeah. But my I mean, sister, for, for, my for, sister a movie, for a awful. movie, for a movie, no. For a movie, I do not like it because I like to be totally invested in the production work, in the special effects and everything. But for a reality show, I can justify it, especially when some people don't talk like as, as extremely clearly as they would in a movie or an actual like situation comedy show or like a drama series or something. I think but that for a reality adds, show, that, that's. That's how it like it needs to be that way though. I feel like how yeah. they say it is the biggest part. Like sometimes you don't really understand and you kinda gotta go like work without it. That's I just how it has to be. To reevaluate my TV viewing. Exactly. Habits. That's awful. It's Speaking of movies though, takes. we do have to hit on these top Christmas movies. Do you want to close out with that? Because we're we're just over an hour in. We we, we don't I don't want to stay here forever. It is yeah, it is Christmas after all. <laughs> but we, we I mean Christmas right now from the day we're recording this is is three days away. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy early New Year. I'm sure we'll be on beforehand, but um, it's it's kind of the closing of a very bizarre, very different wait, year. Wait, really quick. Did you guys hear uh, the Smokey Robinson thing? Oh, <laughs> can you tell us? I did. I did. So this this just reminds me that because you were saying happy, uh, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and. There was um, so there's a website called Cameo where you can go and buy personalized video messages. I know from all about. I know. Uh, by the way, really quick, um, I'll, I'll I'll give a shout out to Drew and Mike who have talked about Cameo since pretty much it was founded, like two years ago. They always cover the latest celebrities who need money, and <laughs> that's how they find out because they're on Cameo now. So it's 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 really incredible. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so Smokey Robinson sent a uh, a video on cameo to uh i guess somebody who used to live across the street from him in detroit uh supposedly i guess i don't know i guess uh that person's children or relatives bought this cameo uh for them from smoky robinson <laughs> and asked him to wish uh this person a happy hanukkah and he goes want me to play it says yeah if you have it i have it up hey margo how you doing Surprise, surprise. This is Smokey Robinson. I know you didn't expect to hear from me. But I was contacted by your sons, Jeff and Jarrah. And they wanted me, they told me that you used to live in Detroit across the street from me. And gosh, that's that's beautiful. Um, <laughs> how are you doing again? <laughs> oh my nice God. talking to you again, I guess. But anyway, you're living in Vancouver now. And they wanted me to wish you happy Chinooka. <laughs> I have no idea what Chinooka is. But happy Chinooka, <laughs> because they said so. Anyway, God bless you, babe, and enjoy Chinooka. Oh, no. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> you better shop around. <laughs> happy Chinooka. And, oh, my God. That was followed, if, if you want to see this, too, actually. Um, <laughs> did you see the parody of it? On SNL? 
Yeah. Yeah, I did. That was funny. Zach, did you see it? No, I didn't see it, actually. Oh, no. There are many ways to celebrate. Here to talk to us about that is music legend Smokey Robinson. This is Chris Redd playing Smokey Robinson. Yeah. Hey, Smokey, thanks for joining us. Uh, I bet you didn't expect me to sing today, did you? That's the one thing I definitely thought would happen. Now, Smokey, I'm surprised you're here to talk about the holidays after a cameo went viral of you saying Chanuka instead of Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, yes, Michael, I did, I did mess up, Michael, but the words are crazy-looking words. And, and my first grade teacher always told me to sound it out. And that record has never failed me until now, but it was an opportunity to learn. What do you mean? Well, I did some research. The internet has some fantastic resources like Google and Wikipedia. <laughs> Turns out it's not pronounced Chanuka. It's Hanukkah. <laughs> and there's a whole race of people that have been celebrating it for thousands of years. Wait, are you oh just God. now hearing about Jewish people? <laughs> Hold up. You know about Jewish people already? <laughs> of course I know about Jewish people. I work in show business. <laughs> Ooh, you, you young people are something else. When I was growing up, all we had was white people. Skinny white, fat white, clean white, nice white, white white. That was it. Smokey, that can't be true. It is. I only heard about Jewish people this week, but I've been doing a lot of research over the last three days. And whew, there's probably things you don't know. They are wonderful people, Michael. You hear about, they got their own little hats called the Yarmulkes. It shows their devotion to God. You mean yarmulkes? You say tomato, I say tomato. Hey. Nobody says that, Smokey. You think you know everything, huh? Well, if you knew the whole story, you wouldn't have that tone. What tone? Michael, I see you're smirking because you think the Jewish people had an easy road. You think it's all lighting the manorams and spinning the draden. Draden, 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 draden. I made you out of clay. Now, although that sounds beautiful, there's more to it than that. I read a pretty bad time the Jewish people had went through. Mm -hmm. Smokey, I thought you was coming to give us ideas for holiday gifts or something, man. Uh, my goodness, you're right. You're right. But you got to realize this season it isn't about gifts, Michael, okay? No, it's about reflecting on the love in your life. So this year I'm planning to get my children and go to my Jewish place of worship. You may call it a swag along or a template and enjoy some potato lash keys and monster ball soup. Monster balls. I oddly understood what you meant, and that sounds kind of nice. Also, I saw your mother, okay, and she said she can't wait to see you on Crimman's AV. <laughs> Christmas Eve? I don't know, man. Smokey Robinson, everybody. <laughs> that was a great impression. That was a really good impression. I couldn't believe how well done that was. Oh, man, I was, I was really good. I was laughing at that. But anyway, yeah, you're saying Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I, it really made me want to say Happy Chinooka. Happy Chinooka. Sure I have no idea what Chinooka is, but I'm saying it because it's on the card. <laughs> oh, my God. So so we want to celebrate by trying to come up with what each of us thinks is their own personal or even a top ten, but top few Christmas movie. The best Christmas movie out there. Or the best one in your eyes. And I'm kind of curious to, to hear what you guys have to say. If you want to send us an email, please do um, cuttingoutearly.podcast at gmail.com is the email if you want to send it off. But I'm kind of curious. Um, Alex, what would you say? Number one of all time in your book for Christmas movies. The Christmas Story. The Christmas Story. It has to easy. be The Christmas Story? Really? That easy? Easy. 
you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Come on. That's a classic. There's a reason they show up for 24 hours straight on TBS. <laughs> it, it, it's good. It's it's tough to beat. I You know, I can't believe they did that end scene with the uh, in, in the Chinese restaurant. I mean, this was 1983. <laughs> There's some pretty risque jokes there at the end of that movie. But it was still pretty good. It was still pretty good. I I, I agree. But I didn't realize that was your number one, Alex. Well, why would you? I don't know. I I think there's better ones. Oh, yeah? Like what? I do. Uh, I think Christmas Vacation is number one with a bullet. That's that's my number two, for sure. Okay, okay, okay. I just don't know any Christmas movie that I laugh to more than Christmas Vacation. It's just perfect. I, I, I just think it's perfect. But the like, reason why I can't rank it number one is I just feel like a, like a, a slapstick comedy or a comedy like that can't be number one because you have to have a little sentimental value when it comes to Christmas movies. What about what about the dozens and hundreds of Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel and uh, you know all those uh, all those just classic See, I wish romantic comedy sappy small town Christmas movies where they fall in love and there's a little controversy but then it's a great happy and it's just one of those feel good I mean the lowest IQ movie ever you know hey, careful Becca loves those <laughs> she, so does Marta <laughs> I mean these are the these are the Aunt Becky movies the the DJ movies which uh, Candace Cameron but they're always in it well uh, uh, one of them not until not anymore <laughs> But <laughs> and Becky's not anymore. But I mean, to be honest, from time to time, yeah, they're kind of a, a guilty pleasure. But they're just still so stupid. I don't. What have... about all the Tim Allen classics? Oh, all the uh, the Santa Claus movies. Yeah, or Christmas with oh, the Cranks. Those are great. That's a good I haven't point. seen those in a while. Well, what's your number one, Zach? My number one. So I was actually debating back and forth with this, and I, I, I think Elf is it's too stereotypical. It's actually, but I think I've seen Elf too many times. Yeah, the the one I actually, the one that I, I don't really have a favorite because I'm not huge into Christmas movies. I guess you would say. Yeah. But one that I watch like every Christmas is the uh, Jim Carrey's A Grinch Who Stole Christmas. You guys like that one? That's your favorite. I, I, it, yeah, I would say that's the one that I watch like every year. That did make it onto our list of uh, best ever remakes. Oh, the dream. <laughs> shout out to our list. This is um, the uh, editorial page from Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm trying to see if this was this year or not. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. These movies Do don't change have, like, too much. they serious, like, good Christmas movies? I well, mean, is that even a thing? I have a problem with number one. Number one is it's a wonderful... Oh, right off the bat. I, I do. It's a wonderful life. First of all, I don't think It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie. The only time Christmas is a part of it is at the very end when he wants to live again. At the very, very end. And then it's all of a sudden New Year's. They're singing the New Year's song. So, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's a Christmas movie. I think Die Hard is way more of a Christmas movie than It's a Wonderful Life. Now, <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's a Wonderful Life. Fantastic movie. Uh, Jimmy Stewart does a great job with it. Donna Reed. But it's... I would not define it as a Christmas movie. Where's Home Alone? Oh, Home Alone uh, 2, Lost in New York? No, no, just the first one. I, is it on the list? 2, Lost in New York? Why is that the one you <laughs> Yeah, Why would you start off with the first one? Well, I, I don't know. I thought I thought 2 was more um, Christmas-oriented. I guess it's been a while since I've seen Home Alone. They're all pretty Christmas-oriented. I thought 2 was a little more. Maybe not. 
I, you know what? Let me just rewatch the movie. <laughs> um, but number two on this list from Rotten Tomatoes is Miracle on 34th Street, the original one from 1947, which I will admit it's an old movie, but it's really good. It's really well done. And if you guys have not seen it, I highly recommend it. I got some work to do. Number three is The Holiday Inn from 1942. Um, what? This, I have this no is idea. a terrible list. They did like all the old ones. This one is like. Can we get a more recent list? Well, no, not all the old ones. Number four is The, the Shop, Shop Around the Corner from 1940. Yeah. What, what the what? hell is this? No, look, look. Another old, Jimmy Stewart movie. Not all the oldest ones. Let me just read you all these old ones. Number okay. five, How the Grinch Stole Christmas from yeah. 1967. Yeah, that's like the old one, though. Yeah. The cartoon one. It, it is a classic. Number six, The Nightmare Before Christmas from 1993. Number seven, Little Women from 2019. What What the that's hell not, is this list? A, is that a Christmas movie? I didn't think it was. <laughs> Unbelievable. Die Hard's also number 12. Best ever remakes. You know, you know, maybe this is just like based on the actual like critic rating. There's home or there's Elf. What's Elf? Elf is they have Elf at number thirty-two. Um, let's see where Home Alone is. Did you see Home Alone? No, I didn't see Home Alone. Home Alone is number fifty-two. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah, so. Bad Santa. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Great Christmas movie. <laughs> Great Christmas movie. Have you seen Bad Santa, Zach? Uh, not recently. With Billy Bob Thornton? Oh, my God. So funny. So funny. It's 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 like an R-rated movie, but, man, is it good. It's not a, it's not a family Christmas movie. We'll just put it that way. But, yeah, I agree. That's that's You know, that's got to be top five for me. For sure. For sure. Esquire did another... List and I mean, there's so many lists out there. But Esquire magazine did a uh, did a list of the top 57 Christmas movies of all of them. They have "It's a Wonderful Life" as number one. Number two, they have is "Christmas Vacation." Three is "A Christmas Story." Four is "White Christmas." Um, five is "Home Alone." Six is Wait, "What is the Christmas movie with uh, Chris Kringle and the Abominable Snowman and Rudolph the Little Claymation?" Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, the, oh, that's a great one. The original Rudolph. Yeah, 1964. Number six is Scrooge. Number seven, Miracle on 34th Street. Number eight is Bad Santa. All right. Yeah. I mean, Billy Bob Thornton is an incredible actor. I think he's an extremely underrated actor, and I think he does a great job in that movie. Um, they have number nine as the Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, number ten is the regular original Christmas Carol, and it kind of goes on and on from there. I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate my Christmas break to watching more of these. We should. Are you done with everything, by the way? I am. As of Thank today. God. Congratulations. I know. I had two exams today, and I'm out. Oh my God. That's gotta feel good. It does. Oh it does. God. It's like when you're at when you're at the end, and you just like let go, and you're just like, wow. Oh. It's the first uh, vac. Well, I I I, I guess I kind of had thanksgiving day off and the day before thanksgiving or the friday after thanksgiving but it's the first break i have since uh um pretty much since july seriously nice yeah goodness yeah much deserved off yeah are you are you gonna be in town alex Are are you coming by uh i'll be in town for like christmas eve and christmas day and that's about it and then right back to it yeah oh boy well at least a little break but uh i guess that's all we can ask for We'll, we'll we'll survive. We'll manage. Are you done, Max? You got um, files? Yeah, I'm done. Max is like a month off. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I do have a good amount of time off. I'm very happy with that. <laughs> Saved a lot of vacation. Finals were done a week ago. 
and um, I, I'm still working on stuff, um, but it's it's not as much. So I'm I'm pretty much done. Must Very, be nice. I I won't be saying that a year from now. I have a feeling. <laughs> I'll I'll be in the thick of it all, but um. Anyway, you guys want to get out of here? Was there anything else you want to talk about in the last minute Christmas movies? No, I think that's it. Merry Christmas to everybody out yeah, there. Yes, Merry Christmas, everyone. We we appreciate everyone listening. Um, it's it's been a fun. We're not done for 2020. We'll try to get back on next Tuesday. I think we can manage that. I don't see why not. Absolutely. We're gonna try to come Absolutely. up with a little regular, more scheduled shows. I know it's been hectic, but. Uh, it should we're be here. nicer now. We're, we're making it work. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. Uh, please rate us on iTunes, on wherever you listen to your podcast. Like our page on Facebook. Uh, we all appreciate it. Send us an email. We need your emails. Come on. I'm getting emails all the time, Max. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, I just need the password, I guess. <laughs> Never. Alex, are you excited for Christmas? Anything you want to say? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, Alex. That was good. Well said. Well said. Um, Enjoy it, everybody. Take some time with your friends and family. And um, be safe and enjoy it. We'll see you guys next week. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Yeah!